So I'd like to uh, I'd like to introduce to you my friend uh, who will be sharing with us his transformation story uh, about how he came to Christ and. Um, what I love about him is that uh, he's really shown me what it means to love the Lord with with your mind. Um, his faith is really thoughtful, and uh, from him I've uh, really learned a lot. Uh, he lives here in the village. Um, he, he actually owns he owns Shipman Surveying uh, there on the corner of Fourth Line and Prince of Wales, and uh, he will be sharing his story of transformation. Uh, let's let's welcome Jeff up to the mic. Good morning. I've been asked to offer you folks a testimony this morning, which I understand is my story of how I came to know Jesus Christ, what life was like before him, and what it's like now. Um, I wanted to do this without notes, but I'm just uh, too nervous to wing it, so you'll have to forgive me. I'll try to be truthful and not to exaggerate my thoughts or my experiences. I'm trying to keep in mind that this is about God and not about me. When Wendy first asked me to do this, my reaction was, what? Are you kidding me? I'm no good at this stuff. And finally, why are you picking on me? Note to self, it's not about me. Anyway, on reflection, I realize that scripture tells me that witnessing is part of being a follower of Christ. Scary as it is, this is a blessing to me, and I hope that I might say something this morning that is of worth to you. So here goes. I wasn't raised with any connection to faith or to a church. God's name was only spoken in my house when it was used in vain. As a youth, I was pretty wild. Well, very wild. To put it simply, I was the bad apple you wanted to keep your kids away from. As an adult, my life before faith was characterized in large part by resentment, anger, fear, and envy. It was defined by self-centeredness and by alcoholism. Life was a continuous cycle of self-gratification and self-loathing. Though I somehow managed to live up to my responsibilities, I really cared very little for myself or for others. Sure, I wanted to be a gracious, humble, and generous person, but only as a means to an end, for appearance's sake, or simply because I was envious of people who had those qualities. Deep down, I felt like it was a fraud, and I was deathly afraid of being exposed. I didn't come to faith until I was in my 40s. Even for such a late bloomer, though, I can't begin to tell you what a difference Jesus has made to my life, but I'm going to try. When my daughter Haley was a young teen, she began to participate in a youth group from this church. My angelic wife, Arlene, also became involved in the church. She's a natural. For myself, however, I was very skeptical. To be honest, I guess I felt these church people would somehow interfere in my family and somehow threaten my little world. It didn't take long, though, for me to notice a big change in my daughter's behavior. No, it was a change in her well-being. So that got me to thinking, 
What's up with that? Over time, I was fortunate to have a number of great conversations with Pastor Craig. Pastor Dan was around also, hairy young sprite that he was at the time. And there was something about him too, I don't know, something that attracted me and made me feel like I mattered. Anyway, Pastor Craig made me feel comfortable enough for me to let him know that I was seeking answers. But I also told him I thought religion was probably for gullible or weak-minded people who are concerned about life after death. I, on the other hand, was an educated and enlightened, self-sufficient individual who had no time for hocus-pocus or fairy tales. To my surprise, Craig told me that he too had questions about religion, but he was completely sure about Jesus Christ. Carefully and patiently, he said to me what can basically be summed up as this. Why don't you do the work yourself and show me why you think there is no God? Well, for me, that was game on. So I did a lot of research. I studied the leading atheists and apologists, watched the great debates, and tried to wrap my head around the philosophical, moral, and scientific arguments from both sides. Eventually, I came to the opinion that the arguments in favor of a God could only be dismissed at a hand by a closed and incurious mind. I was no longer so sure that the world, and myself for that matter, exists by mere chance, having arisen from a meaningless void and destined to end there as well. The arguments for a creator were just too compelling. Having arrived at the position that I have to allow for the possibility of a creator, I moved on. Was Jesus a real person? Surprise! He may be the most comprehensively documented character in antiquity. What about the Bible? Isn't it just a copy of a copy of a copy, made up well after the fact and changed to suit the times? Surprise again, not even remotely close. Then surely the New Testament isn't historically accurate. Guess again, dummy. What about the resurrection? That's a really big one. And I'll admit that on the face of it, it seemed altogether impossible to me. However, in view of the possibility of a supernatural creator, I felt I had to consider it. With an honest look at both the skeptics and the proponents, I found that on the evidence, this was also something I could only dismiss out of hand if I kept a biased and closed mind. Some people are blessed with a spiritual intelligence to know God without this kind of process. Not me, I was way too smart for that. But this was a huge aha moment for me. If I had to admit the possibility that Christianity could be true, what did that mean? And where did it leave me? I remember one night long afterwards deciding to actually get down on my knees, which is not a posture I was inclined to take, and to try prayer in my search for answers. Believe it or not, I quickly found myself in a torrent of tears, searching for understanding, for relief from my guilt, and from my self-loathing. So I called out to God. I can only describe my experience as it's described in the Bible, of being washed clean. Despite my character defects, my resentment, my persistent selfishness, anger, fear, and envy, 
It was as if my loving father was gently picking me up off the ground, dusting me off and saying, it's okay, kid, get back in the game. You'll do better next time. And how do you respond to that? For me, it was only, thank you, God. I love you so much. I actually said it, crying out loud, and I really meant it. That's the truth. It was over in a matter of minutes. I've never really talked about it before, I guess because I felt ashamed that it happened after I had already become a Christian. It was a long time ago, but it never leaves me. I long for that intimacy with him, though in all honesty, I kind of fear it as well. It's, it's so awesome. I've learned that faith is not about struggling with a rule book or changing my ways because God commands me to. It's about getting closer to him. The change happens organically. Those qualities that I long to have, generosity, humility, courage, they naturally grow as a result of simply seeking him. They are gifts of his love, and that's only the beginning. My faith helps me to understand and to live in this corrupt and broken world, to discern goodness and truth, and to have confidence in God's mercy and justice. I haven't relinquished my skepticism of easy answers to complex, to complex questions, and that's okay. God gave me a stubborn brain. But no matter the question I take on, in Christ, I always seem to find a magnificent answer that makes perfect sense. If you don't know God, and if you're curious about him, I can tell you that you're in for some wonderful surprises. Seeking him is an amazing and life-changing experience, full of overwhelming love, wonder, and joy. For me, the main requirement for knowing God has always been to pursue him with an open mind and a grateful heart. When I look back at my life, I know that he was always there, relentlessly pursuing me. Thank you.